Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What is this? A new episode of Stegman and his amazing friends popping into your podcast feed? You're goddamn right. Hey, everybody. Suppleboy Griffin Sheridan here. I know it's been a minute since you've seen a new episode drop into your feed here. Um, and I know you're wondering, what's happening? Uh, is Stegman and his amazing friends dead? Is the Amazing Friends Podcast Network no more? Are the supples even still living? Uh, to answer your questions, um, yes, Stegman and his amazing friends is still happening. Yes, the Amazing Friends Podcast Network is alive and well. And yes, me and Ethan are still alive, still tinkering away. But we're working on something really cool with Ryan and Donnie. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's the KLC Press Substack. So KLC Press being the sort of imprint that Donnie and Ryan have created for all of their creator-owned stuff. So projects like Vanish are going to be over on the KLC Press Substack. You can see a bunch of exclusive Vanish stuff over there. What else is happening over there besides a whole bunch of cool shit? Well, there's a new video podcast called Ryan and Donnie's Half-Ass Substack Podcast. We usually put out one of those episodes as well as some like mini-sodes uh, at least once a week, so you can go check that out over there. And, of course, we've been doing these live streams lately, um, usually around 11 a.m. EST on Thursdays over on our YouTube channel, Stegman and Friends. Um, Ryan has been doing these like three to four hour long live streams where he draws uh, whatever he's working on for the day. So whether that's a page from Vanish or uh, let's say a cover for an upcoming book from a uh, friend of the show, Matthew Rosenberg's new image book, uh, What's the Furthest Place from Here? And actually, the episode that you're about to hear right now is an hour-long excerpt from the four-hour-long stream that we did this past Thursday with the aforementioned uh, Mr. Rosenberg. So, um, that's what you're about to hear. You're going to hear um, some other voices in there. Those are uh, the paid subscribers of the Substack. Basically, if you're a paid subscriber... You get emailed a link when we do one of these live streams, and you have the opportunity to come onto the show with us and talk with Ryan and whoever the guests are. Uh, we usually have several faces popping in and out of the show each week, so that's a cool little bonus. But overall, um, it's a super, super cool thing that we are doing over on the Substack and the uh, sort of subsequent streams that are happening um, sort of in partnership with the Substack, and that's all the stuff that we've been working on for the past couple months now. Um, and so we want to get back to doing the podcast regularly, and that will be happening sometime soon. I know Ryan really wants to do it. Me and Ethan obviously are very passionate about it, and we want to bring the shows back to you guys. Um, we've just been taking the time to get our bearings on everything with the Substack and the workflow of that because we want to make a whole bunch of cool stuff over on that platform as well, and we highly, highly encourage you guys to come and join us over there. Um, pretty much all of the stuff is going to be free. Um, so you can just sign up and you don't have to worry about paying anything. However, if you do join one of the paid tiers, you are getting a whole bunch of awesome exclusive stuff, including like physical comic books that will be shipped to you um, when they are ready to go with exclusive covers and everything. Um, so it's super, super cool what's happening over there. And I highly encourage you to go check it out and uh, see what tier is right for you. But either way, we would love to have you. Um, so you can do that and you can subscribe, uh, you can follow um, KLC Press on Twitter for some more updates uh, there as well. But I'm going to stop talking, we're going to get to this episode, it's a great time, um, Rosenberg is uh, the best and Ethan and I have been wanting to have him back on the show for ages, so we're so glad that we finally could. Um, so enjoy this, this little excerpt 
and I'll talk to you real quick at the end of the episode. Enjoy. Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. Stag. Man and his amazing friends. Nice. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say something. Uh, Matt? I'm here. Is this working at all? Yeah. Yes. No video. I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know why we didn't just pitch that you only came in voice. Well, you sound great. Yeah. All right. Got, I look great too, but you don't know. That. <laughs> we got a right. peek we, at we that. Yeah, we can I, and, and I agree. Uh, well, then never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to save her. We'll have to save Matt. Her. We've been begging. We've been begging the boys to get you back on the show for what, like a like a year now. We, well, whatever, we really, whatever the we last were, time you were on the show was, which yeah, is pre-pandemic. We've been so yeah. excited to get you back, man. Well, thank you. Um, as you guys know, I wasn't coming back because me and Ryan were in a feud, but we ended right. up. So, I think <laughs> Ryan's always Ryan. having a falling out with his friends. Ryan, are we still in our feud? Uh, yes. Could you please get off this? I don't even know how you got on in the first place. I, I'll be honest. I don't know how I got on here either. I actually, I actually made it difficult for you because I figured yeah, this right. would make you look like a fool. And I would mm-hmm. win. I don't mm-hmm. think this made me look like a fool. I think well, this made it, me look it, great. Made you, it did make you look like a fool, but you're still think, here, so I think it made me look. I great. guess you kind of win, and I kind of win. Look at that, <laughs> and that's how it should work. That's how every good fight ends. Yeah, it's true. We got we got um Powell in the chat, and Powell jumped in and said, "What's Ryan drawing today?" And Matt, Ooh. I think that's a good question for you. What is Ryan drawing today? Well, that's a really excellent question. Uh, Ryan is drawing uh, a cover for my new image book, uh, Mm. which is called What's the Furthest Place From Here? Uh, It's me and my buddy Tyler Boss, who I did Four Kids Walking on Bank with. Um, He just did an awesome book at Dark Horse called Dead Dogs Bite. And uh, it starts in November, uh, so this is not going to be a cover to issue one. Um, But it is... uh, it is one of our main characters who is named Proofrock. And he is, uh, well, I'm not going to say what he's doing because Ryan's drawing it and that sort of ruins the surprise. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, um, it's a, my first book at Image. I'm really excited. It's a sort of nice. post apocalyptic coming of age story, kind of a like Mad Max, The Warriors by way of like John Hughes and JD Salinger. That's really pretentious how I just described that. That's really pretentious. But <laughs> the book is actually good. Uh, you don't have to buy the description. A lot lot to do with the punk scene, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so basically, the story is that the world has ended, and now there's just gangs of children. There's no adults. And nice. the kids live in these sort of remnants of society that they don't fully understand. So like the kids who live in a police station all dress in blue, and they go around attacking people and sort of enforcing these rules and the kids who live in the bank are all like 
traders, but they like carry little briefcases full of weapons and they're like <laughs> whatever. But our our gang is a, a gang of kids who live in a record store and they're all punks and they That's have so these awesome. records and they sort of worship them, but they don't have a record player, so they don't actually know what they are. Um and you know, the story is that one of them goes missing and they have to decide if they're gonna leave the confines of their home slash record store to go find her or or what. And uh, spoiler, they they go after her. You know? Nice. The hype on the hype on Twitter for this thing has been unreal, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so fucking excited. Particularly as a as a big four kids walk into a bank fan, mm-hmm. I'm very excited for this. Well, thank um, you. Yeah, absolutely. Super excited mm-hmm. to see Ryan working on it too. It's cool when like I'm excited for a totally separate thing, and then I get to see my father Ryan's style. <laughs> and, and there he is. He's yeah. he can't escape. Yeah. Um, the uh, Ryan, getting Ryan to do it has been awesome because it's like uh, Tyler draws in such a different style than mm-hmm. uh, sort of like a I don't know I don't know how to describe the way people draw but Tyler draws in <laughs> such a different style so like we were like who would be really cool to see do something for us and so yeah. Ryan was like top of my list and a big a big favor to Colin so we we're very appreciative that he did you ever. When you were figuring out who to uh, get, were you like, well, who's like the greatest artist living right mm-hmm. now? And then... Yeah, and so Marcos Martin did a cover yeah. for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's correct. And Brian then... Pizarro jumped in and said, "Matthew, what is this comic called?" It's called "What's the Furthest Place from Here." What's the furthest place from here? Yeah. Google it. Get into it, Brian. Google it. Uh, the nice thing about uh, stupid long titles is if you go into a comic shop and you get two, maybe three out of five of the words in the title right, they probably know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. You know. That's all you need. Yeah, as long as you're not like something is killing the furthest <laughs> place, you'll probably get my book. You'll probably get, you'll probably get Tynan's book no matter what you do, but you can try. It seems, to be, that seems to be a I'm... growing trend. The, the long yeah. titles, you know, yeah. it's like all of a sudden I feel like there's more of the long titles and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's just it's an interesting evolution that I've noticed over the last, you know, 18 months or so. I love them. Yeah. yeah. The, for me, uh, I used to work in a comic shop and the tail end of my work in a comic shop, I was like trying to make books and still pitching stuff and doing my own stuff. And uh, James Tynan's The Woods had just come out and Warren Ellis's Trees had just yeah. come out yep. and a guy came in and was like I need Warren Ellis's The Woods and I was like no no it's Warren Ellis's Trees James Tynan's The Woods and this guy was like adamant he's like no Warren Ellis's The Woods and I was like that's not a book that exists man and I had to go <laughs> and get them both off the shelf and be like which one do you want Warren Ellis or The Woods like you, you can only have one and right there I was like I'm not doing single word titles on my books ever again it's too mm. easy to confuse and James uh, is a good buddy and so I uh, I made my first book We Can Never Go Home and he was like I really like the title and I told him I was like well you were partially the inspiration for the title <laughs> because you make your book a single word that people get confused and then uh, cut to four years later and he's like honestly something's killing the children and I was like damn it are you <laughs> are you talking shit about vanish right now by one Ooh, word yeah <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah read I mean, the I room can't... Ryan we're all doing long titles yeah long titles. clearly the feud is still going on because <laughs> yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. point that out 
Yeah, Matt, you, Matt, you had me at post-apocalyptic, my friend. Oh, thank yeah. you. Anything that's post-apocalyptic, sign me up for. I love that kind of stuff. You said, you even said Mad Max. I was like, whoa, talk dirty yeah. to me. Yeah, we like because we did four kids walking to a bank, and it was sort of like a love letter to all this stuff we're super into. Me and Tyler, and we're like, yeah, it's a comedy, and it's a you know coming of age thing, and it's a crime story, and all these things. And then we started doing our next book, and like got, you know, I started writing it, and Tyler started doing sketches, and I was like, oh man, this is just four kids walking to a bank with an alien. Like this sucks. I'm doing the same book again. And Tyler was like, no, we're not. And I was like, no, take a day, think about it. We are. And so we went back to the drawing board, and we're like, let's do all the stuff that we love that we're not, we didn't do in the last book. And so like this is an ongoing series, and it's like got sci-fi and fantasy and some horror stuff in it, and. Uh, but the post-apocalyptic thing, we were like, yeah, let's just make it like post-apocalyptic. And, you know, we're both big fans. And as soon as we started doing it and like talking to people about it, all these people were so excited. They were like, man, there's just, you know, like, I, I'm always worried that whatever sort of genre you're in, there's like too much of it. And I was like, there's a lot of post-apocalyptic stuff, but people are really into it, which is weird because the world is ending. So you're like, <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably part of it. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, you have to, you have to come awesome. up with your plan. You know, yeah. <laughs> telling my wife, I, I need a Hummer because when the zombies come, right? I need, I need the Hummer. It's like in, it's just part of it. You know, what is, and what, and what doing, is the furthest the place from here? Um, what is the furthest place? <laughs> like, what, what is um. this? I'm sorry, I got here late. Like, what, what are we doing? Is this a telethon? Are we raising money for something? <laughs> this, this is, is a telethon. Out. <laughs> just hanging out. Yeah. So this is like the normal, like, I'm going to go back and ask what we're doing because you guys actually didn't answer. Uh, yeah, sure. This, <laughs> this is the, this is like the podcast, but live. Yeah, this is the new version on the Substack where if you're a subscriber on the Substack, then you get to come into this little green room and you can potentially join the stream so you can talk to Ryan and us if you desire. But why would yeah. we? I like talking. Um, well, now, 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 now hold on. Now, yeah, I see, Ethan. <laughs> don't undersell the supples. Jesus Christ! Last, last time I was on the podcast, brand. Ryan left when it was over, and we stayed and talked about Star Wars for a long time. I'm yeah, so happy yeah. that you remember that because Griffin and I reminisce about that all the time. We're like, remember that time that we fucking held on to Rosenberg for like an hour just to talk about Star Wars? <laughs> I, I like that you're happy that I remember that. Like I'm, yeah, some kind of, like weird ghost oh, who like Dude, doesn't I'll have a memory of things that happen to me. <laughs> while while we're nerding out, there was a there was a moment on the podcast. I think it was this show, Ryan's show, where where Don he was talking about looking at some of me and griffin's writing work and he and he said it, he, he when he saw our pitch he felt like it came from matt rosenberg and we were like oh my fucking god yeah so i, I, don't, guess, think, I don't think donnie means that as a compliment just so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a backhanded thing and we didn't even know it we yeah. didn't realize yeah. matt yeah. as a hawkeye man are you excited for the trailer mm. for hawkeye you know it's funny i never watch trailers i'm like a post trailer right. person but i watched that one um Probably they stole any of my jokes, and uh, <laughs> they didn't. And it oh. was, yeah, I was sad. I wanted my joke stolen. The uh, uh, yeah, no, I thought it looked awesome. Um, yeah. I I I love the Fraction Aha run is like one of my favorite comics. And so we we like, slipped we we slipped into pop culture news. Ryan, did you see the trailer? <laughs> no. It's good. It looks it, it looks like Die Hard with two Hawkeyes. Yeah, it looks fun. Is this one? When is this one coming out? Is it going to be November. on Disney Plus? Yeah, on Disney yeah. Plus in November. November or December? Oh, I saw I saw Shang Chi by the way. Okay, 
What did you think? I thought it was cool. It was very uh, different from a lot of Marvel movies. Um, yeah. It was very fantasy. Yeah. Like super <laughs> I was fantasy. really shocked at the, the fucking turn it takes in like the yeah. 40 minutes. It was mm-hmm. it was a little uh, a little iffy on their explanations for what was happening. Mm. Uh, but Supposed. it was so visually cool that it didn't matter. Right. I thought the fights were fucking. I mean, that's the CGI fights were fantastic. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Ryan, have you drawn Shang Chi in something that I don't remember? Uh, I drew him on a cover one time. I drew him on yeah. a Wolverine cover. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Matt, are you a Shang Chi fan? Yeah, I mean, I love the the like seventies books are great. I mean, I love you know, they're mm-hmm. all great. Everyone who makes comics is great, but uh, like the seventies <laughs> stuff is is really. I was like real into that when I was a kid. Uh, oh, like, yeah finding random back issues mm. of that like a comic what's comic. the best stuff in there that you could recommend because there's not a lot of that that i've gotten into obviously i've read a lot of the more modern stuff and whatever but 70 shang chi i would like to to you know yeah i mean just a little start bit. at the beginning like that was that sure. like uh it's just great it's just like a kung fu comic it's just yeah fucking cool and like great page layouts and it just really feels like very kinetic in a in a way that's very different from superhero comics um i was really into it Mm. that was actually the uh when i did a project with uh this is a weird name drop but uh when i did a weird that weird project with rizzo from the wu-tang clan oh look at this guy yeah look at this guy dropping Uh, names he was like like, why don't they make kung fu comics anymore and i was like no, it's a really good point. And he was like, 70s Shang-Chi. And I was like, yes. And so we like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like that's awesome. I love that. 70s Shang-Chi is awesome. That's, that's so good. I love the way that the movie. Oh, Firepower is cool. Yeah. Kirkman yeah, and Samney. That's such a great book. Yeah. So um, I love I love Sam the way the insane. movie took him from being like a martial artist, like like he's just like the, the MCU's greatest martial artist, to escalating him into the ring stuff. I I just thought that was a really cool idea because like just to make him fit into the wider universe that we have this new this new artifact in there that they kind of invented for the MCU, the new version of these rings and the way that, that factored in. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was dope. I liked it personally. I heard you wanted an actual comic professional on this live stream. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Do you, oh, no. Chip, do you have a link that just lets you in without anybody having to let you in? He's got some kind of, he's got some kind of, he's got some kind of override. The supple, the supple boys fucking text me 10 times a day with links to things, <laughs> just true. begging me, begging me true. to liven up whatever bullshit you guys are doing. We don't. Listen, it's not gonna, it, today cannot be like the fucking chip show because Matthew Rosenberg yeah. is here to spruik his We're book. To have Matthew Rosenberg is Matthew, Matthew Rosenberg is half here because he's uh, a coward well, and he won't show his he face. <laughs> he couldn't get his video to work. Chip. I couldn't get my video to work. Chip, don't bully me. He still oh, needs to promote uh, his no, book. No, I, I, for, I forgot you were seventy years old. <laughs> How did you forget that? You were at my sixtieth birthday. 10 years ago. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> okay, Chip, what do you yeah. got? For didn't didn't I do a on? didn't I do a cover for your uh, for your new book, Matthew That's Rosenberg? Right. We haven't announced that yet. I guess we just announced it. Yeah, Wait. why not? Ooh. Can we show it? Can we show it? No, we cannot. Why not? why not? Because we already set up to premiere and show it someplace else. What? Where? <laughs> All right. Well, nobody. Our audience won't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah where? 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 
This is like this is like when when uh when the movie studios put out a teaser for the trailer that's coming next week. Uh-huh. Tell uh-huh. us where it's dropping, and people are going to go to that site and they're going to refresh it like fucking twelve times a day. Show uh, the top right corner of it. I think it's AOL.com. Oh, I don't know. AOL exclusive. You are seventy. AOL's great. The uh, I don't remember where it's dropping. We set that up, but yes, Chip did a cover that is awesome. That was going to be a cover to issue one, but yeah, issue one is great. I love the fact that it's going to be on issue one. What were you about to say? Nothing. That was uh, that was it. I was just end my sentences with but. Uh, no, it's going to be on issue one, and then Image was like, "You have too many covers," and we thought that yours was like a great standalone cover, and so you're on mm. a later issue. Yours was so good. That they didn't want it, you know, overshadowing all the other oh, fuck covers. <laughs> oh, oh no, he's gone. His cover's really good, actually. His cover's great. I bet it is. So, Matt, Matt Rosenberg, have you told everyone what your book is about yet? I did that, yeah. I did. <laughs> um, cool. Nice. Yeah. You're, you're, you're knocking it out of the park. Yeah, it's really. You missed it's, it. It's, the start of the show was super professional for me. It's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great book. I, I read the first two issues and it's fantastic. Oh, thanks. And, uh, and I uh, launched the same month as another book at Image is launching. Uh, oh, so so is it? Wait, is that why they wanted to bump my cover because there was too much Chip Starsky that month? Yeah, yeah, that's what they said. They call um, it chip saturation. Wait, how how many covers do you have on issue one? Uh, eight. Well, how many did Donnie have on Crossover? 80. So what the fuck is Image doing? <laughs> Donnie is 10 times bigger than me. Wait, did he really have 80? No, I have no idea. I, have no idea. Uh, I, think, I, think it was, I think it's eight for the catalog. I think that Donnie had oh, more that weren't in the catalog. Okay. And we didn't want to put your... like. They said you can take covers and put them not in the catalog. And we were like, no, we want these in the catalog. Like We really want to put them off. Mm-hmm. So we don't have... So we didn't do that. All right. All right. I accept it. I uh, I did a crossover number one cover. I don't know if you guys saw that. That was pretty good. No, I didn't. Um, so are you are you drawing, Ryan? Is this for uh, uh, Matt? Yeah, this is. That's for great. Matt. What issue? What issue is that for? Issue uh, one, actually. Uh, <laughs> issue one. We wanted to make sure it gets it. He gets issue one. Uh, it's, for, it's for issue four, probably. All right. And what's mine going to be? I believe it's three. All right. Suddenly, I'm okay with all this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would mm-hmm. be. Again, yeah. I want to say I want to say to the audience, it's important that this doesn't turn into the chip show. We got to highlight Matt Rosenberg here, so we'll get that. We'll get that yeah. one chip question. I'm highlighting him. I fucking just said how great his book is. Yeah, and I know. I'm, I'm, I'm telling about the audience. The cover is fucking book. I'm telling the audience so that they don't flood us with chip questions. But we'll get one out of the way. Chip, what's for lunch? Water every day. Every fucking day of my life, water. Right. Human body is eighty percent water. That didn't pay off. What's your What's uh, your body? Well, if you're having water all the time, is it higher? I'm pushing it to eighty-five percent. That's awesome. Thank you. That That is. That's correct. That is awesome. That's, that's really good. good. Yeah. That's yeah, very cool. fucking awesome. I want you to that's, like what a, sh- that's what we should all strive for. I want you to do like a jellyfish. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm how much you charging? That. How much you charging, Matt, for that cover, Ryan? Zero. What a guy! <laughs> well, it's not entirely true. I have to come and sit here with him and hold his hand for four hours while he's yeah. up there. Yeah. Hey, Ryan, um, I never, I never noticed that ring on your middle finger before. That's an aura ring. 
what what does that mean? It measures my sleep statistics. Hmm. That's that's interesting. And how how you sleeping these days, Ryan? Does it uh, you know does it average? Does it measure how often you uh crank it? Is that what you're gonna say? <laughs> is yeah. this gonna be the rest of the show? Because I'm into it. No, this is this, <laughs> this is Ryan uh, uh oh, playing we uh, tennis, baking. Yeah. He's baking. <laughs> there's a there's a point in every show, Matthew, where we just uh, we talk cranking. <laughs> it's <laughs> called cranking corner. I've been yeah. cranking before. Right? Yeah. So, uh, can somebody grab your... that little clip of chip and turn it into a gif? Uh, where's where's <laughs> your spot in your house, Matthew? Where do you take care of business? Right here yeah. on camera. Oh, cool! Like in on, front of this stuff. On, uh, oh, you can't see. There's no camera. Chat roulette. I forgot there was no camera. I was like pointing at things. <laughs> Matt, you're taking a lot of the spotlight away from Matt Rosenberg, so uh, yeah, stop talking dick. about your East Coast bands <laughs> and let's let's talk about you. Let's talk about like your various projects because it's not just a new image book. Like, what else are you working on? Well, I have a, a trade paperback collection of my Grifter series <clears throat> that I did at DC that's coming out. Ooh. Oh, um, very nice! In, in December, it's a joint trade with a six-issue Red Hood series by drawn by Eddie series. Barrows. That red hood one. And, uh, <laughs> are you just finding out that we're in the same trade? I am. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. They put our stories in the same trade. Why would they? I mean, there isn't. Uh, okay, sure. I mean, like, I, look, I'm happy to be in a, uh, in a collection, that. in a collection with you, but like there's enough i mean it's a, that's gonna be a big trade it's a big trade because you did mm -hmm. six, you did what 120 pages yeah mm -hmm. yeah well, well, well beyond that because i think the first issue was like 24 25 yeah, and a couple times all, we go up to 21 mine are all 22 so and i only did five although i did that zealot story that i don't know if they're gonna put in there too so like yeah it's a it's a big book hey matthew question sure. I just um, I found out that it was happening because I did a, a interview for Forbidden Planet and they were like, let's talk about it. And I was like, I don't know what we're talking about. I'm uh, so I'm so out of the loop now that I'm not on Twitter. I have no idea what's coming out, what's going on. Like, it's uh, I didn't realize how much of the uh, the comic book industry uh, news uh, I, I got from from Twitter.com. How are you feeling post Twitter? Good. Yeah, except for feeling like I like a uh, mentally I probably aged like ten years. Mm -hmm. Within the first week, because I'm just out of the loop on everything, people could be yelling about like someone's dress, and I'm just like, I have no idea what anyone's talking about. Yeah, I just don't. And like they announced like my Marvel event, and like I I wasn't on Twitter, so I have no idea if anyone likes it, doesn't like it, hates me, doesn't hate me. Yeah, I have no when, idea. When they announced when they announced your image book, I like texted you. I remember and was like, "Hey, it looks great. People seem excited." And you were like, "I don't know. I don't know if they're excited." <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. There, there's only going to be one indicator for me, and that's going to be the fat paycheck when mm -hmm. uh, when the sales happen, or the skinny mm -hmm. paycheck, or the skinny paycheck. I'm positive thinking here. There you go. That's good. Uh, Matt Eddie Brock one four seven said, "Can you tell us a bit about the records that are coming out with the book?" Oh yeah, um, I can do that. Thank you, Eddie Brock. Um, the uh, so yeah, every issue of uh, what's the first place from here? There's like a deluxe edition. That comes with a uh, seven inch. It has an, an exclusive variant cover, and then it has a seven inch, um, which is going to be like two bands that are just bands I like that are 
modern bands that are cool and fun that we like listen to while we're making a book or we're an influence and uh so the first one is um this band called joyce manor from uh southern california who are just like a great poppy melodic punk band right and uh Blake schwarzenbach is the uh, the singer and frontman for a couple of my favorite bands of all time he was the singer for a band called jawbreaker and uh a band called jester brazil and he did a song for us and actually the the book the title of the book comes from a jawbreaker song so right. like having him do a song for us when the book is sort of we took the title from him was kind of awesome because people keep right. being like is this a fucking jawbreaker reference did you rip off jawbreaker and i'm like mm -hmm. they're aware of it like yeah it yeah yeah <laughs> it's verified yeah, yeah yeah that's awesome um and but there's a different seven inch for every uh every issue so that's a true nightmare putting together a seven inch record for every every month but that's insane know, yeah it's really it was a dumb idea but here we are i'm already uh too far into it to stop so we're going like um, like only for the first arc right yeah probably okay yeah would you be okay with chip and i doing a song for one i, I would love it i won't put it on a record but i would love it if you did it is that would what you have... put it on our record yeah if it's not going on a record we're not doing it uh, well, that's, that's as simple as that that's kind of a bummer. I felt like that yeah. would be the point of them doing it. Well, yeah, yeah that'd be their yeah. point. But like, I'm not. Yeah, it costs Maybe a lot of money. Like to with the guy, the, the Devil's Advocates mm. theme song, you know? Mmm, that'd be good. Who did the Devil's Advocates theme song? Echo, Donnie's friend Echo, rapper Echo. Mm-hmm. Echo. Oh, is that the guy who uh, they were DJing in Donnie's Tesla? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. Ryan, are we, we, are, we doing, are we doing this song? What, what, yes. what key? What key do you want to second? Uh, a minor. All right, sorry, just a second. You guys should rehearse. You sound in song. Do, I, I feel like neither of you has any musical ability. Am I correct? In that? I don't think that's accurate. Yeah, I yeah, Ryan. played the flute for about three weeks in elementary school, so. Ryan has the voice of an angel. <coughs> Ryan yeah. thinks it's the flute. It was definitely the recorder. I no, think. I think. I think. Flute. Flute. Turned his. Yeah. Oh. Wow. I actually played it for like a full year, and then I heard girls in the lunch line going, "That's that's that boy I told you about that plays flute," and they were. Oh nice. my god! <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Well, that's the end of that." How do you? Did know you like drop it right after that? Yeah, right. I dropped it right after that. Yes, yeah, so right probably... after that. How did you know that the girls weren't like that's the guy who played the flute? He's awesome. It's kind of piano. <laughs> uh, I was uh, honestly, I, I was very good. What's the furthest um, place from here? Please let me know. What's the furthest place from here? Cause that's where I wanna go. Oh damn. <laughs> What's the furthest place from here? Cause that's where I wanna go. It's post apocalyptic here. That's all I know about the book. <laughs> Are you telling me you don't want to press this to vinyl, Matt? Yes. <laughs> I have not read the book yet, but I'm oh my sure God. it's good. Anyways, yeah, there we go. All right. Wow. Chip, there's, your song. there's your song. 
Can we get you in touch with good. my guy over at Superstar Records. He's gonna make you a star, man. Oh, finally. Well, I know what that's from. That. Are you in your studio, Chip? Yep. Did you have? I've been to your studio. Did you have a piano in your studio when I was there? I feel like that <laughs> you did not. Um, uh, probably not. Yeah, no, I redid the studio just before COVID, and then had to flee it. So I'm only starting to enjoy it now. Has this been the long game of going from the newspaper world to drawing to writing to just breaking into music? Was that like where you were hoping to get to all along? I go where I'm needed. Right. If somebody needs uh, an award-winning comic, I'm there for sure. them. Sure. If somebody needs uh, my acting abilities, I'll yes. be in an indie uh, sweetheart uh, darling uh, movie. I just will. Somebody needs You're a theme a song. I'm just one man. Right. Project Zach says, Daddy, would you like some sausage? Which I assume is a reference to you looking like Tom like Green. <laughs> I get that a lot. Yeah. There was, a, there was a guy who approached me years ago. I think he played like the Green Power Ranger at one point. Right. And uh, he wanted to direct a, and write a movie about me, about the fact that Chip Zdarsky is a, a pseudonym. And he wanted Tom Green to play me in the movie. <laughs> That's a great idea. I don't hate that. He was like, he was like, it'd be like American Splendor, but like more fucked up because he's like playing two guys. And I'm just like, no, mm. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. Damn, did... we got robbed of the chip movie. Yeah, this is insane. Uh, Honestly, if I could make any yeah. biopic happen, that would be in the running for sure. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Would you? Would you? Do you think the guy is proceeding with the movie without your permission? That he's doing it's, unauthorized? <laughs> right. It's right. possible. It's possible. Because I'm way more into that. Mm. No offense. <laughs> so besides the uh, this amazing uh, Grifter uh, Red Hood uh, trade paperback you have coming out, uh, Matthew, what what else? What else is going on? Uh, I just woke up right before this podcast. Nice. Oh yeah, I do have the, a question. What's your normal sleep schedule like? I don't have a normal sleep schedule. Um, fair, fair. Are you one of, are you one of those writers that writes like only in the evening kind of thing? No, I'm one of those writers who's behind on everything, so he writes from the morning until the morning again. Okay, okay. Uh, I ha I have for the last two months been going to bed around six or seven a.m. Uh, that's that's just not good. Where it's been? Are you okay? Uh, you know. I said mm -hmm. yes to too many things, and uh, I'm launching an image book, and uh, it's been a lot. But okay. uh, no, I'm fine. Uh, okay. Just a little tired, but yeah, I'm happy to come here and do a four-hour telethon to raise money for the kids. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, when Jerry Lewis calls, you answer the call. It's not like I, it's not like I twisted your arm. I really was just like, hey, will you do this? And you were like, yes. Okay. Well, is that is that a hundred percent true? Or is that and then like... you were kind of like you were kind of like uh, you said, Jesus Christ, that's a long time. I'll be there, right? And you yeah, said that's... anything for you, Ryan. That's you're true. the greatest artist that's ever lived. Yep. Uh, Would you have true. to be here the whole time? That's what Ryan yeah. told me. Ryan, uh, I've been uh, gently nudging him about doing a cover for. Um, a little bit and finally he was like do you want me to do the cover for you and i was like yeah that'd be great the book has been announced and everything so we need covers and he was like cool why don't you come on the podcast and i'll do it then 
and so it felt a little like blackmailing. Yeah, um, yeah. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, for, yeah, I, I show up almost every week, and for me, it's literal blackmail. He's got stuff on me that yeah. he right. says he'll let loose if I don't yeah, come yeah. on he, the podcast. He he's kind of hold, he's kind of holding the audience hostage as well because he has said that this is allowing him to get Vanish done, and so mm-hmm. it's like if we don't show up, <laughs> then Vanish doesn't get made. Yeah. Right. So. Mm-hmm. It just feels unethical, the whole thing. He has a lot of blackmail going on in a lot of different directions. That's true. Uh, And I highly recommend it. It's called Leverage, guys. Mm -hmm. Makes the world go around. Matt, if you're ever feeling like you've overcommitted and you got too much to do and you need me and Griffin to jump on as co-writers, just let us know. I mean, you have our email. If you need us to podcast about your book that you're making, we can do that for you, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Our rates are very, very affordable. Um, don't have a lot of experience with Substack now. If you I don't need have to start a Substack, Substack money. That... Don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't fucking listen to them, Matt. Okay, Matt. Matt, you know us. You know yeah, us. You probably know us better than Chip at this point. And I just want to yeah. say that, like, we're available. Uh, we, yeah, we make they're, things happen. They're always available. <laughs> that's a sign. That's a sign of uh, quality. Quality producers. We're always available. <laughs> we got nothing else going on. We got no fucking gigs. Yeah, uh, jump all over that opportunity, Matt. Jesus. I was actually hoping that Chip would run my podcast for me. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. John also has a question for you, Matt. What bands did you tour with? And what was uh, your name? I, I yeah, the label's called Red Leader. We didn't uh, we didn't put out anything that people would really know. It was a time when like indie music, you could sell a lot of records from bands who weren't uh, you you could sell enough records to feed yourself from bands that no one had heard of, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were, you know, it was not, we didn't sell a ton of records, but uh, if you were like into the indie punk hardcore scene, like you would know some of the bands. We did a band mm-hmm. called Strike Anywhere. Um, we're like a political hardcore band from Richmond who were a pretty uh, great band. And um, a band called Polar Bear Club from upstate New York who were pretty popular band called Marathon. Um, we just did a bunch of a bunch of stuff like that, sort of like indie punk hardcore stuff. But uh, I toured with, you know, the same kind of bands. I, I did a couple tours in buses. Um, I did a short tour with Less Than Jake and Blink-182 in a bus. Wow. wow. Uh, That's um, pretty fucking cool. The, That's very cool. And, and I, I don't like touring in a bus. It's not a fun way to tour. It's not like it's not what I like about touring. Uh, gotcha. And what what do you like about touring besides like, getting from place to place? Or um, I like well getting from place to place. No, I like meeting people and sort of uh, you know I, I like seeing things, being able to stop, go places, and like crashing on people's floors, meeting people, hanging out, like that kind of thing. And like mm-hmm. a bus tour is very regimented. A bus tour is very like, uh, when you tour in a tour bus, basically you, um, you, your bus driver dictates everything. Like you, you have a time when the bus leaves and if you're not on it, the bus leaves without you. And the bus basically just goes from venue to venue. So you don't see anything. You don't. You can't be like, oh, that's a cool. There's a dinosaur on the side of the road. Like, let's stop and climb on it and take pictures. Like, there's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, there's a crazy restaurant partway through. Like, your bus driver just dictates that. Like, right, and wow. so you don't. 
you don't see the country really you see the inside of a tour bus it's not fun um mm -hmm. like my first tour through europe i toured in a tour bus too uh with a band called voice that's fire we're like a political hardcore band and like we get to all these cities and i'd be like well we're at the venue um i can walk around the venue and i can go like you know I can go up to a mile from the venue and then I have to be back for soundtrack and all this stuff. And so like, that's just not, I like sleeping on people's floors and meeting kids and having crazy experiences. And like, you know, we had all these uh, great times where like, you know, we, there'd be just craziness. You'd stay at a house with a band that you love and uh, you know, there'd be parties and you'd meet people. Like I like that kind of stuff much more. So I was much more into like van tours than bus tours. Um, so, so there's so there's not going to be a bus tour for what's the furthest place from here. No, I wish we I wish there was a van tour. Uh, I've done a bunch of comic signing tours um, a few times. Me and my buddy Frank Barberi did uh, a couple. We did an East Coast one and a West Coast tour where we just go to like as many shops as we could over like five or six days. Mm -hmm. And when I started on Candy X Men, me and Ed Brisson did signed at twenty six shops in six days, just up and down the East Coast, and just like. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was really fun. Like that sort of felt like the same thing where we'd just be like, we got hotels, but yeah. uh, you know, you'd be in a shop and then you'd be like, what's a cool place to eat here? Where should we go? We have an hour. Like, and it was fun. Um, yeah. I like that stuff. I wish I could get more of that stuff in comics. I was talking about trying to do that with like Scotty Young a while ago when our image books were coming out, but then COVID hit and we were like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Um, but it was something we wanted to do was just yeah. like get in a van and go travel country that's sweet iker knows um strike anywhere in polar bear club he says oh, they're yeah both, they're both solid oh awesome yeah i put hey, out Ryan, the, is that a is that a record you're drawing is that is that what it is for the the cover yeah. of matt's book oh yeah, that's sweet so, so he's holding the record um, that's cool and it's his reflection and you know and it's a spooky reflection awesome right. very cool it's a spooky reflection. um i love it it looks awesome Matt, you had, we had a question from Joe Noel, who was in here with us earlier. Um, as someone who's just a writer, not an artist, what do you think was your biggest strength to getting your name out there in the comics world? Oh, man. Um, you know, it's really, it's really a different thing for writers than artists because uh, an artist can just go up to an editor and be like, look, I drew this. And you can sort of tell <laughs> it good. And like, mm -hmm. there's not a lot of, I mean, I'm sure Ryan can speak to that. And a little bit of just like a portfolio review for an artist is. It makes sense. It makes sense. For a writer, there's not really a way to do it. Um, you could give people scripts, but it's a nightmare mm -hmm. uh, to ask an editor to sit down and read a script or read a short story. Yes. It's like, they're not going to do it. They don't have time. They're overworked. Um, they don't have time to read a whole comic usually. So like reading the script is really above and beyond. So like, that's the advice you hear most is, is nobody wants to read your script. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean the, the, the biggest strength to getting your name out there is like making books, unfortunately. Right. Uh, and I know that's always the, like, you know, the advice that everybody sort of kicks back against is like when people are like, how do you make comics? You know, what's the best way to make comics? And people are always like, we'll make comics. Like, make that's comics, yeah. But it really like, I spent a long time making pitches, doing five page pitches, like hiring artists to do five page pitches. And mm -hmm. it was really brutal. Like that's how I started was doing that. And it was really brutal and sort of frustrating because you would, 
make these things and send them to you know 20 editors and 19 of them never even respond that they got right. it and right. then you're just like okay i spent six months working on that and i don't know if anyone saw it and when i made the decision to switch to making books being like i'm just going to make the whole issue and like it's much more money and I, I could take that money and make four pitches but i'd rather have something that i can show other humans and show my friends and show and have something to show for it like mm -hmm. mentally it was much better for me to get to that point but also uh things started to happen when i was doing that like we i made a book and people would actually read it and i'd be like this was cool and so that's that's sort of broad advice but i think actually like you know the best my my thinking of for myself has always been like i'm never going to be the best writer um there are always going to be writers who are better than me i'm not like ryan who can just be the best artist in the world of all time <laughs> um you know we're not all that lucky but I, I've always been like, well, I, the thing I can control is how hard I work. And so I just really try and go above and beyond in like all of the dumb stuff that is ancillary to writing. Mm -hmm. So I spend a lot of like, you know, time marketing and, and doing outreach and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff of like getting to know other creators. And once I started having books, like really doing a ton of outreach to press and retailers so that I would have people who like knew me and would support me. And like, I still keep that up, like on this image book that we're doing, like, you know, you're here I, for four hours. I'm here for four hours to sell you all on pre-ordering the book. But, you know, no, like, seriously, I, I, I mailed out 2,500 postcards this week that I addressed to retailers and put stamps on and uh, I'm driving up to Buffalo where Tyler is and we're signing 500 copies of the book and 4,000 posters and mailing them out to retailers this week. And like, mm -hmm. that's, that's four days of like, you know, 14, 15 hour days of just doing like kind of warehouse work that isn't right. writing or creative in any way. But like, that's the hustle is like, that's how you get noticed in, in a lot of ways. Like just being a good writer is, is not, often not enough. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a daunting and depressing answer, but <laughs> I find I, like I find most writer advice in com in comics is kind of depressing. Like like because because writers are always like, yeah, I don't know how I did it. I mean, I just kept doing it, and then something happened after many years, and like, it's, it's like, oh well, yeah, all right. But like you know, I guess that's the advice is just keep doing it for a very long time. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it, you know, they say like they're always like you know it's it's. Uh, a career is the intersection of like um luck and uh, luck and preparedness or whatever yeah mm -hmm. and and that's sort of where i was at that like i i had i had pitches i had books ready to go like i knew what i was doing already mm -hmm. when i taught when i got contacted by you know some music industry people who were like yeah you know we want to do this book and it, it ended up being this thing i did with the wu-tang clan guys and that i could bring to a publisher and when i brought that to a publisher then i could turn around and be like also check out my my own stuff and that's right. how i got my first book right Hell yeah. it was like you know piggybacking off the wu-tang clan which is not obviously replicable advice <laughs> you like find really famous rappers yeah, them yeah do a yeah. comic with you that's all you gotta do but like the advice i can you can glean from that is like when a weird random opportunity fell in my lap i was ready to like run on pushing myself off of it if that makes sense right you watching that Wu-Tang Clan TV show on Hulu? I haven't watched any of it. Uh, I watched the first episode, and I liked it a lot, but um, I'm really bad at watching TV. Like, I'm really behind, so I've been right. watching Succession instead, I guess is what I'm saying. 
How is that? Succession is awesome. Succession is so good. It's like one of the best character dramas I've seen in a while because everybody on the show is like a truly repugnant, horrible person. (laughs) But you like them and are engaged by them. And like, they're so awful that when they're pitted against each other, like you find yourself rooting for them. And then like, just as you start rooting for someone a lot, they do something so horrible that you're like, oh no, I guess I, I shouldn't have been rooting for them. It's a really like, it's a really good tour de force. If you like like villain stories, it's a great villain story. Sweet. Um, Matt, you're cool. getting so much love in the chat right now. I was about to say, says, yeah. Matt was seriously the nicest artist I've met in person back in Denver a few years ago. Biker mm-hmm. agrees. You might be the most interesting man, IRL. Over in the private chat, Matthew said, Red Hood is probably my favorite character of all time. Do we already go over that? To have Chip, who wrote, who just wrote Red, Red Hood here, and Matthew, who's going to start writing him next month, is pretty awesome. We're all happy to have you here, man. Oh, it's nice to be yes, here. I'm glad to be back. Gonna... I'm going to go make a coffee real quick. Uh, go you guys make a coffee. enjoy yourselves. All right, sure, we're going to Brian in here. Hey, Brian. Welcome to the show, sir. Hey, what's Hi, up, Brian. everybody? Brian, hey, I'll be right back. Bye. He's going to go make some coffee, and then he'll be back for us. This is just um, my uh, weekly lunchtime visit to the uh, chat, just to check sweet in. Sweet, brother. Yeah. Welcome. Um, Connor McGrade says, who's the coolest Wu-Tang member, Matt? I only met three of them. <laughs> who'd, you, who'd you meet? Uh, I worked with RZA and Ghostface, and I talked with Method Man about doing a thing that Damn. we didn't end up doing. Um, That's pretty cool. They were actually all awesome. Like I, I, they're really different personalities, and you kind of see that in, in the music. But also, uh, like when you meet them, it's like you can see the different thing. Like they, they're so interesting because they're very, they're great businessmen. So like mm-hmm. watching how they make their decisions and what they do is always really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I like them all. I worked with RZA the closest at first, and then uh, I ended up co-writing an album with ghosts um Jesus Ghost that's fucking insane and so that was that's really so crazy that was fun and weird um and yeah I, method man was really like a nice dude and really fun but uh we just didn't get to do the thing we wanted to do um because it just he was really busy and i was really busy and it never got together um and i think I isn't method on. man isn't method man a big comics fan like he has his own like serious xm yeah yeah it's a podcast or something like that right yeah he has a he has a comics podcast he had a thing that was like co-branded with marvel that i was actually supposed to be on but then i couldn't do it at the last minute um but yeah i mean they're all comics guys to a certain degree um you know, so like like Ghost knew his comic stuff like from back in the day. I don't know that he mm-hmm. up with it, but like definitely talking about it, like he knew stuff and um you know, it was like talking to me about old Iron Man comics, like seventies Iron Man stuff. <laughs> That's um, so cool. <laughs> but but Riza uh Riza really knew comic stuff really well and was really sharp. I mean Riza's like in just in terms of like intimidating and like smart and you just when you meet someone who you're like oh i understand how this person is who they are like how they got to where they are rizza was was that for me like the first time i met him was that because i um i've been working with him but dealing with his manager for a while and then like Mm -hmm. they called me at midnight and were like hey you know like rizza wants you to come into the studio and i was like okay cool when and they were like now (laughs) okay it's midnight and they were like yeah um you know, it's it's uh, 
it's it's out in it's out in Williamsburg, and I was like, okay, I'm in Upper Manhattan. It's gonna take me like at this time like an hour, two hours to get down there. And they're like, that's fine. And I was like, okay. And then they were like, you know, you need to print out all this stuff for him. And I was like, my printer's broken. And they were like, <laughs> there's Kinkos on the way. And I was like, I can't just bring my laptop. And they were like, no. I was like, okay. And I went down, and I was like so annoyed. And it was like I got there at two thirty in the morning, and I get into the studio. And there's just so many people. And I was like, who the hell are all these people? And it was like, there were two different reporters who were there to interview him. Uh, and then there was like a producer and an engineer, uh, a screenwriter and me. And he was just going through and like, he would turn to someone and be like, what's the next question? And do an interview question. And he'd answer it, like give a great answer. And then he'd turn to the engineer and be like, hey, let's, um, let's drop the bass out on the, you know, like, the first 10 seconds of that track and they do it and he'd be like make it eight seconds and he'd be like perfect and then he'd turn to the next person and he would just go round rob in the room and do that and he'd go to me oh and my he'd god like, <laughs> he'd be like show me the cover of the first issue and i'd like hold it up and he'd be like uh it's too dark and i'd be like okay and then he'd like go to the next and you're just like oh his brain is like fully handling things at once That's and awesome. like the physical limitation is the only thing that is like holding him back from this and it was right. just you know, at one point, like the engineer was like doing something and he was like, no, no, this sounds fucked up. And he just went over and like went to the console and was like, look, you move this part here, you move this part here. And he's just like rearranging the sound files. And like, it just went from like, oh, this is a cool song to being like, oh man, that fucking sounds so good. <laughs> it, it was really like, really super intimidating. And then he was like, okay, let's get some vegan food. And we like went to some vegan restaurant <laughs> at 3.30 in the morning. Is this, is this uh, RZA? Yeah, Riza. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, he was really, he was really like, in terms of just being impressive, he was the most like, one of the most impressive people I've ever been around. More love for you from Powell in the chat, man, Matt, you're a legend for me already. Uh, also saying Method did a sick cosplay of Bishop from X Men. Yeah, yeah, I knew that that Meth was like trying to do. He wants to be Bishop in the movie. He's like really gunning for that when they make him. Yeah, that'd be sick as fuck. Bishop Bishop showed up for a second in Days of Future Past. Yeah, right? yeah. in the future. Yeah, just yeah. a sec. Yeah, he's yeah, there. Just with, one like, sec to and... to be killed. Yeah, Most. that was a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, a bunch of my favorite X Men. I was like, oh, they're just here to be murdered. <laughs> Which is ironic coming from me, who murdered a lot of X Men, but. You've uh, so many X men. But they came back. It's okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Um Brian. What's up? Hey. Hey. Good. <laughs> just just checking in for my uh my weekly little uh IT nerd lunch break and uh, just Fuck seeing yeah. what's going on. Yeah, yeah glad to have you back. You, yeah, I'll just uh, I'll be here every every week around noon, just uh, checking in. Fuck yeah! What do you think of this cover? I think that's pretty uh, kick ass. Um, mm -hmm. Hey Ryan, crazy. what do you do, what do you do when you uh, screw something up? You white it out and then do it over. Yeah, I would just I have a Presto whiteout here that I will probably at some point have to take and you know <laughs> yeah, it's like a little whiteout pen that you squeeze and awesome. uh, but yeah, it, it's a it works pretty well i actually watched uh have you if you've ever watched that show man ben on youtube it's a bunch of it's like naoki urasawa goes around and talks to other manga artists and they film them drawing and then they talk about what they're watching and uh this one guy had the presto 
marker or pens and he was just like the way that he was drawing was insane he barely put down any pencils and then he would just ink it and then he'd be like well that doesn't look good and he'd take the press though <laughs> and he did it like there was one drawing where he just redrew the face like 15 times and so it must have just caked on there like super thick it was crazy Never, awesome. so i went and bought a bunch of them do you ever work digitally ryan yeah I, uh i don't really usually do final art digitally like like the you do, the, you do blue lines digitally yeah like what i sent you yesterday the the um <laughs> the uh layout was digital and then uh -huh. i print that out onto the board and then i draw over it um yeah. i also did do you know you guys will hear more about this soon but i did a uh i inked a cover that donnie penciled yesterday digitally <laughs> nice i had to do it digitally because there was a lot there was a lot of uh i can't fucking wait tweaking, for them tweaking that i had to do oh why is that why is that right <laughs> I had it, it wasn't bad honestly the, the composition was good he, he's got a yeah. he's got an eye for this stuff i talked I was about really into his spawn cover his spawn cover looked great yeah, Todd uh, really worked on that a lot. Too. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, but the, the the layout is really the composition is really good. Like, he does a, yeah. he has a really good eye for that? Um, I had a store yesterday be like, "Hey, we want to do an exclusive cover." They're like, "Do you think you can ask Donnie to do it?" And I was like, "I can obviously ask Donnie to do it." And I was like, "I don't think you quite understand what Donnie draws like." And I was like, <laughs> "I don't mean this as an insult. Like, he did go to art school, but like, I was like, he's not." good no he's very open about that yeah he's yeah, like, yeah. He's, like he, he's like i don't know why people keep asking me to do it but i'll do it i love it <laughs> yeah, yeah he uh i think that he he has the foundation where he would have he would be a good artist if he I'd be stuck uh, it, yeah. yeah if he had stuck with it but he he's like uh grant morrison similar you know mm -hmm. like he can do a cover that that you're like oh that's neat but you know yeah i mean yeah benda started as an artist and they were like don't do art do writing and he's like okay but he still does it and it looks good yeah it's the, um, the only if my camera worked i would show you that the only original art that i own is a is a benda's page oh that's sick that's awesome i was were you super into his like jinx stuff and all that yeah yeah that's what i have a, that's what i have a page from i have a page from jinx yeah he was uh i was big into him and then i couldn't believe it because i went so i went to college being i was a benda's fan from like jinx and you know his uh torso and all that stuff and then i went to college and i he was just like to me he was like this indie guy and then i got out of comics for a little bit and i got a wizard magazine i was like what <laughs> he's the biggest thing in comics <laughs> what the hell happened here yeah i know funny because i wasn't reading i grew up as like a marvel kid but then i stopped reading marvel for a while and i was very into when like his indie stuff was coming out i was super into it and i basically read everything i was like torso jinx goldfish and then powers and i just remember going to the comic shop and being like what else bendis is there and they were like well there's his marvel stuff and i was like yeah i don't want to like get hooked on that stuff again and they were like his daredevil is the best book he's ever done and i was like oh, man, daredevil's <laughs> like one of my favorite characters and i was like "Fuck it i'll just buy his daredevil and i knew as soon as i bought an issue of it i was like oh now i read marvel books again and i read them yeah. obsessively and yeah. uh and so like yeah that period like the early 2000s when he started at marvel like really uh ruined me ruined my bank account for a long time but like uh he definitely pulled me back into the big two in a big way because griff and i kind of got started with ultimate spidey and like for me mm -hmm. like it was hard to read 
stuff that wasn't Bendis Marvel as a kid because I because I liked the dialogue so much. Yeah, and yeah. Then you read other stuff and it feels so different. So yeah, there was like a long time there where I was just looking exclusively for Bendis Marvel stuff. Yeah, I mean, Ultimate Spider-Man is still I, I, it's my favorite big two superhero story. Oh, me too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you'll recall, uh, when we had you on the podcast the first time, Matt, this is exactly how we devolved <laughs> yeah. into the main topic I, of the episode. I think I think the episode was yeah. titled "Yeah, Abendus Love Fest." Yeah, yeah, I, I really started that sentence. I was like, "Oh, we've talked about this before." <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we'll talk about it any day. We got some love in here for you because I I really liked your multiple man. Oh, thank uh, you. And Dacknob did as well. Jumps in here and says, "Why was Jamie Madrox one of your favorite X Men?" I love that short series for multiple man. Um, um, go ahead, yeah. Matt. Sorry, well, were you going to answer the question, Griffin? <laughs> yeah, if you know the answer, I would love you to hear it. Um, no, I just got really off foot because uh, Ethan said Dacknob and I said Danob earlier, so I'm going to need him to clarify in the chat, please. Oh, how do you sense. pronounce your username? Is it Dacknob? I guess it makes sense it if it's da Danob. Yeah, my brain just realized I'm an idiot. idiot. Right. I'm an sorry, idiot. Matt. Multiple man is very good. Please continue. It is. Uh, okay, uh, Dak Knob. I'm, I'm taking a stand. I'm saying it's Dak Knob. Multiple man. Uh, I always loved him. He's like such a weird character that was sort of hard to pin down when he started. You know, he started in Fantastic Four, and he's just like this sort of weird sci-fi. Like, there's not a lot of Marvel superheroes who are just like purely sci-fi ideas you know as much as he is where it's just like oh this totally. is like a twilight zone idea more than like a superhero and mm -hmm. because of that they sort of never figured out how to do things with him for a sure. long time like they were always just like what do you do with a guy who's 10 guys like how does that help <laughs> and then uh he he's in the, the peter david x factor the detective stuff is one of my top five superhero comics and He's just such a good character, and Peter David just like made him one of the most interesting people in the Marvel universe. And so when he died, uh, I was very sad. And um, yeah, and I, I I did Phoenix Resurrection at Marvel, and it went well, and they were really happy with it. Uh, Axel Alonso, who was there in chief at the time, like really liked the book, and uh, it sold well. And and he called me in, and he was like, okay, so you know that book did really well, like. Uh, you get a you get a pass now. Like, what do you want to do? And I was like, Oh wow! Like, I can just pick something. He was like, Yeah, you know, within reason. But like, what do you want to do? And I was like, mm -hmm. I'd love to do a multiple man book. And he's yeah. like, oh, He's like, Oh no, I don't. He's like, I don't think you understand. Like, you can you can say like something big. Like, you can say like <laughs> New Mutants or X Factor, X Force. And I was like, Yeah, I'd like to do multiple man. And he like <laughs> was so disappointed. And he was like. No, no, this is your chance to like level up. And I was like, look, I have a card to play here, right? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, you guys are always going to need an X Factor, an X Force, and a New Mutants book. Like, I, I'm only going to be able to get a multiple man book if I'm cashing in chips. So, like, oh, yeah. can, I, can I do this? And he was like, I guess. <laughs> and like, I walked out and was like, yeah, I guess sure. I'm doing a multiple man book, uh, which is, you know, a terrible idea career wise, <laughs> but like, it's something I really want. I really wanted to bring Jamie Madrox back. So that was that that's was part the of the beauty of comics. Is like is like Polka Dot Man from the Suicide Squad. It's like yeah, taking yeah. weird taking weird little characters with awesome premises and just making them actually, you know, giving them some layers, giving them the love they deserve. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to um, Dan Waters, who's a great British writer, and he's doing a mm -hmm. new book at DC. 
and we're both doing i'm doing this book called task force z that starts in october that's all Hell yeah very exciting yes yeah it's yes. various uh it's various villains who died in uh when they blew up arkham asylum it's a bunch of guys who died right um and dan's book is a bunch of guys who escaped and lived and mm -hmm. so I like I, we were chatting, and I was like, I was like, he was like, who's on your team? And I was like, oh, you know, it's it's Bane and it's Manbat and Red Hood, who's not dead. And I was like, Mister Bloom and Arkham Knight, you know, sort of all these heavy hitters. And I was like, who's on your team? And he was like, Ten Eyed Man. And I was like, what the fuck is Ten Eyed Man? Ten Eyed Man. And, and he's like, it's a guy who has an eye at the end of every finger. And I was like, <laughs> How does that help him? Wouldn't that like, make yeah. him Twelve Eyed Man? I don't think he has eyes. Okay, I think great. He has eyes in his head. <laughs> uh, the, and and I was like, where did I was like, did you make this character up? And he was like, no, no, he's an old Batman villain from oh, the seventies yeah. or maybe the sixties. And he's like, Batman defeats him by throwing him a pineapple, and he catches <laughs> it and gouges out his own eyes. And That's I was like, fucking oh, man, awesome. Uh, that's like, amazing. Gonna be so good. That's uh, fantastic. I was, I was so jealous that I was like, "Yeah, I want famous characters in my book." And Dan was like, "I want Ten-Eyed Man." Ten-Eyed like, Man. Fuck. I mean, yeah. that sounds creepy. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Um, Tim Dolan said, "Matt, you and Otto should work more together." My favorite Hawkeye comic is yours. I hope one day we can get more. That's very kind of you. Um, my favorite Hawkeye comic is not mine. But uh, my favorite Hawkeye comic is the Mark Grunewald Hawkeye. But Ooh, uh, hot I have, take. it's a hot take. Look, I, <laughs> I actually uh, I said this the other day in an interview. I don't think there's a bad Hawkeye comic. I like all of them. Like I think that the Mark Grunewald's amazing. Obviously, Fraction and Oz, brilliant. Mm -hmm. uh, but Jeff Lemire's Hawkeye is awesome. Kelly Thompson's Hawkeye is awesome. Jim McCann's mm -hmm. Hawkeye is awesome. Fabian Caesar's Hawkeye is awesome. Like, there's just it's so a lot many. of good Hawkeye. Yeah. It's a lot of good Hawkeye. It's only a book they do when someone comes in with a take where they're like, oh, okay, that's cool. I um, love that. I but, love that Hawkeye's turned into that character, like Moon Knight, where it's like, yeah, you got to come in with a cool take. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's super awesome. to like. I love that they have characters like that that are just yeah. like, they're on the shelf until he deserves a book. Um, right. But to answer your question, um, me and Otto are doing a new book starting in October. Ooh, uh, yeah. it's, it's not Hawkeye uh, because it's not at Marvel. Um, we're doing Ooh. DC versus Vampires. Um, Whoa! Wait, is this announced? Yeah, yeah. You, you I, can, how did I miss that? Have the scoop. It's me, uh, me and James Tynan co-writing. Um, oh man! It's a twelve-issue sort of world-ending DC Universe event mini event um, that sounds so sick yeah it's gonna be awesome it's it's uh J it was james's thing james pitched it to them and mm -hmm. then didn't have time to do it <laughs> um gotcha. like he 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 pitched it to them when he was starting batman and then like batman took off and they were like yeah you need to be making more batman and doing more batman <laughs> stuff and so at a certain point they were like Hey, when are you doing that DC versus Vampires book we greenlit? And he was like, oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, I can't do that. <laughs> and they were like, we were excited about that. Like, we really, we really want that to happen. And so he called me and he was like, hey, so I have this book. And he like told me the story. And I was like, that sounds great, man. Congrats. And he was like, yeah, yeah I'm not going to write it. <laughs> I was like, right, right, right. Oh, okay. And he was like, would you have an interest? And I was like, yeah, of course, dude. I would love to do it. And he was like, oh, you answered that way too quickly. And I was like, was I supposed <laughs> to say no? And he was like, no, I just, he's like, I have a, like, uh, an ace in the hole on this one. And I was like, 
what's that? And he's like, we just signed Otto to do the whole series. Yeah. And I was awesome. like, oh, I was like, well, I was already in, but obviously I would have done it to work with Otto again because he's that's going to look artists. insane. That's it's gonna gonna be crazy. Awesome. Awesome. It's yeah, it's the whole it's, you know, it's like it's like a Marvel Zombies deceased kind of thing where like there's, yeah. uh, you know, people are dying and getting killed. It's it's an alternate universe thing. I was right. This looks insane. <laughs> it looks insane. How uh, did I miss this? And uh, that logo, but, too. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. The logo is so good. They like uh our our designer at dc like sent a logo and we were like yeah it's cool man but you know could we see a couple more and then that was the second one he sent and we were like yeah we don't need to see anymore like that's it you absolutely nailed it and the first one was cool but we were like we want something that's like striking and he was like okay and like two hours later he sent back the logo and we were like jesus that's so good hell yeah um, james james tynan apparently on his sub stack revealed that he planned dc versus vampires to avoid writing 5g interesting yeah yeah <laughs> uh, i didn't know that i was allowed to say that but yeah he didn't want to be writing in continuity and so yeah he pitched DC right. vampires to step out of it um it's funny seeing all this 5g like tell all shit popping up on bleeding cool it's like oh i guess it's all out there yeah, yeah. Um, it was before my time. Like, I was still at Marvel right. then. So, right. like, I was just hearing, like, James is a good buddy. So, I was just sort of hearing, like, people talk about it. And I would call him and be like, is this real? And he'd be like, <laughs> yeah, that's real. And I was like, okay, that sounds like it could be interesting. Um, and, so, you know, like, some, I think some, I don't know for sure, but I think some of the DC stuff that's happening is remnants of 5G stuff. And okay. it's cool. And you're yeah. like, oh, this is cool. I see like where they thought this would be interesting, and, right. and like that's fun. Totally. But uh, yeah, James was very nervous about it. So, and that is actually where we're going to wrap up this episode of Stegman and His Amazing Friends. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to hear the rest of our conversation with Matthew Rosenberg, you can find all like three and a half hours of the live stream that this episode was pulled from on the Stegman and Friends YouTube channel. And we do these streams pretty much every Thursday, usually around 11 a.m. EST, but that could change, so keep your eyes peeled to Twitter and, of course, the main hub of it all these days, klcpress.substack.com, is the place where it's all happening. I know you guys have been wondering, where are the podcasts? Are the podcasts still happening? First off, yes, the Amazing Friends Podcast Network is alive and well, um, despite the fact that we have not been putting out too much stuff, because you know where we have been putting out a whole lot of stuff? is over on the KLC Press Substack, so it's full of a bunch of cool stuff, including Vanish Pages um, and sneak peeks behind uh, other projects that Ryan and Donnie are perhaps working on. And, of course, it's got a whole new podcast there for you. Ryan and Donnie's half ass Substack podcast is a video show that we do now, and we usually do one of those episodes as well as like mini versions of the show um, at least once a week. So go and check that out, klcpress.substack.com, uh, to hold you over until um, a segment is amazing friends and supple boys and they alike can all get back on somewhat regular schedules because we do want to so stay tuned the shows are coming back it's going to be great but until then head on over to the Substack. remember to follow us on twitter and all that and um, yeah you can see the rest of this live stream on our youtube channel if you would like um, a great section where chip walks us through all of his original art uh, that was removed from this because it's just so visual so go check that part out that's pretty good um, I, I don't know I can't believe I just plugged a chip bit clearly I'm a little delusional so I'm gonna end the episode thanks for listening everybody I take care we'll see you soon bye bye
Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. Yeah.